Hello, and welcome to Lockdown Film Festival Conversations. In today's episode, we discuss The Man from Uncle, written by Guy Ritchie and Lionel Wigram, and directed by Guy Ritchie. Set during the height of the Cold War, two spies from rival agencies must work together to prevent a dangerous organisation from gaining nuclear weapons. Thank you for listening, and here's the conversation. So, week 20, we're into the 20s now, guys, and it was Alex Conway's pick, The Man from Uncle, written by Guy Ritchie and Lionel Wigram, and directed by Guy Ritchie. So, over to Alex to let us know why he picked it and to run this little discussion. (laughs) So (laughs) nerve-wracking. I think I've done done in my life and career, this is by far the the most anxiety-inducing thing ever. Um, <laughs> he jokes, but he's actually been quite nervous. I am, I, so, yeah, I, I'm nervous for a few reasons. So I, I'm expecting this to possibly be one of the shorter <laughs> film clubs that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the reason that I chose this film was just to completely change the pace of stuff we've done before. Um, and I, you know, felt like the, the movies we've been watching recently have been quite heavy and quite full on. And I wanted to pick something like the sort of movie that I think I'd enjoy and can switch off to that might not necessarily be the best discussion piece for a film club but still be kind of exciting um and one of the reasons I chose this is because it bombed at box office it did really badly um and it lost a lot of cash and the people who were kind of bond fans didn't like it and the people that were spy espionage people didn't like it and then any movie that, that has the category spy comedy um, immediately has me uh, hooked in to, to see where it goes. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I thought it was a very enjoyable two hours of my life. Like I found it quite funny. I thought the music was great, especially how the, the music was used throughout the treatment of some of the action scenes where it wasn't so Bond-esque. It was just like stylized things like the split screen where they're they're storming the beach. Um, there are some like quite aggressive tropes in there and it's a little bit male fantasy and I get that. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, it was two, two years of two years, two, two hours of, uh, of my life that I, I, you know, I was able to switch off. I was able to enjoy and, um, and, and thought it was quite fun and had some unique bits to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what were people's expectations of this movie. Like, who's who's seen it before? Does anyone know about the original? Um, what what were people kind of thinking when they went into this? I went to people who've seen, seen it before. before. Yeah, yeah. You have seen it before. Interesting, because lots of people haven't. Like, I, I don't think it's a given. Given the budgets and the names involved, um, it seems like quite a few people haven't haven't actually watched it. Is this new to streaming or has this recently come on to Netflix? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I wonder whether that's a decision to... This is obviously set. This was obviously setting up for a sequel and then no one wanted to make that sequel. So I wonder now what they're trying to do. I read a good thing where someone said if Netflix are going to acquire this and this does really well, Netflix could put the money behind it because I think there's a big want for a sequel based off what I've read so I wonder whether putting it on Netflix is like to tease the waters to see we could bring this back because for me I think this is a franchise 
that would do well I mean, if they get the right, you know, just a, it's like a light-hearted bond that can just continue, I thought, as well. So I think the longevity of this is... I was surprised when they didn't get a sequel. I think I saw it in cinemas initially, and I I loved it first time around. I just thought it was so much fun, and I'd happily go and watch another one of these each summer, kind of, or every couple of summers, you know? Mm. I think when it came out, it was sandwiched between a few other spy movies. And I think it was, it was mm. quite a saturated market. And then people watched all the other stuff and no one really went to yeah. see it. It's about the time that Mission was getting a reboot, was it? Or I think so, yeah. I can't remember the... the Amy Respector as well, wasn't it? So I don't, I don't know how close it was release date-wise, but same year, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. I thought in terms of the trope, it was interesting with keeping to the, the 60s and the original, like based off the original TV show, because it's it's not just another spy caper. It is a period piece as well. I yeah. thought what was particularly impressive was that period nature to it, the costumes and the scenery and the just general kind of 60s TV shtick and quips and behaviours, which I thought was just enjoyable to watch kind of thing. It's like lulling you along, I thought. It's mm. very cheesy. Yeah, but it fully understood its cheesiness as well. I mean, at one point, Henry Cavill does the bloody um, what's it, tablecloth trick. But they're just like, we know what this is, and we don't, you know, we're going to enjoy it, kind of thing. It's not ever trying to do more than what it is. I, I felt. Did anyone find that the dialogue was quite modern for for the time? Because that's one of the things that jarred me. Because I love the styling of it all. When it came to the dialogue, there were some moments where I thought that didn't quite fit and it just took me out of that whole cheesy 60s gorgeousness. Oh. Can you give examples? <laughs> no. <laughs> References. Give me a line, any line. I, I can't say it's something that I noticed. Um, maybe I just love bad gags, so I was just like... I, I, would, have to, I would have to agree with you, Lydia. I wasn't huge on the right, personally, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was it was slightly farcical. A lot of the kind of very quick back mm. and forth, like, yeah. oh, what are you doing? Well, he's doing this. Well, why have they done that? Well, uh, uh, uh. eyebrow raise, turn to camera, like, car speeds past. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually kind of thought the opposite. I thought a lot of the dialogue scenes were quite slow. I think compared to normal films in this genre, like there would be lots of really fast quips between them. But I felt like, I don't know if it's a, if it's just a directional style, but I thought loads of people were really slow. Like for example, you know, the bit where Henry Cavill and Army Hammer are throwing the, um, the trackers back and forth to each other, chips <laughs> are American made. Obviously that's the joke, but it's, it was really slow. I actually thought a lot, I, I, I really enjoyed it by the way. This is just a one comment I made. I, I thought a lot of the scenes were actually really drawn up. We weren't fast paced. I thought it was a real that there were two extremes in this. It was really quick scenes. But... I think I'd agree with you, Pav. I, I not to, to, to its detriment, but I thought that it it decided that its scenes that were kind of normal scenes, not action scenes, were kind of deliberately done a bit slower, a bit kind of more mm. the two people talking who clearly don't get on and it was it was like leaving space for something to happen that didn't happen continuously rather than a very, very quick back and forth, which you would probably more likely to see, and especially in a Guy Ritchie film, which generally they're very fast-paced, they're very, like, you know, dialogue-heavy, lots of back and forth. This didn't feel like that. Some scenes, part of the dialogue was, was 
reacting to the or well the the music was reacting to the dialogue and things as well and re reacting to the action on screen right right yeah I, I think it's a really good point because i think that's what alienated a lot of fans of like the bomb movies and mission impossible is that you look at what should be one of the biggest pieces of, of this movie which is the storming of vinciguera island and that's actually handled with a load of split screen stuff in like two minutes, which in, in Bond movie, like if you look at um, Skyfall, when they're, they're having a go at the house, that's like a 15 minute part of the movie. Whereas they rely very heavily for a, for a spy action movie on dialogue and the interaction between the two main characters, um, rather than just being like action, action, action. I think that's a good that, point, sorry. I was just saying, feel free to, so we want to have, I was just going to say, do you think that maybe is like, there were parts of it where I thought it maybe lent a bit too heavily on its like 1960s TV roots in terms of like, you know, the whole split screen stuff and the fact that like there were moments of action. I was like, I feel like you're, not that I didn't like the fact that you did that, but I thought, hmm, it feels like, you know, you're making this because that was how it was made in the 60s. And part of that is great. And as you say, part of that is quite hard to deal with when you are expecting as you say this storming of this island and you're expecting it to be this expecting it to be that and it's just done so quickly and you can't quite follow the action almost at all like it, it, it's so broken up with the kind of way the screen's moving around i think that's clearly a thing in the edit isn't it because they've shot all of that yeah so the actors have shot that thinking we're doing this thing and i think perhaps in the edit because to me that's that as a trope is like oh i'm now going to watch I don't know what is it? Fifty faceless now soldiers storm this thing, and really, the, the this film's about Solo and and uh, Ilya. And I guess in the edit, perhaps they thought, well, actually, we don't need any of this. Let's just cut to the character moments when they're inside the fortress. And, I must say, I tend to find that the the worst part of like a standard action film is when you're yeah. like, oh. This is this is the next twenty minutes. I'm yeah, this is the bit where we watch them here. and they shoot and. I quite liked the, and then like in one corner you'd see through like a sniper someone being picked out, which would take more time in like a general action sequence. And uh, I know where you're coming from, Gus, in terms of relying on those, like almost quirks a lot. I really liked that bit. I thought that sort of, like you say, reducing that 20 minutes to two minutes worked really well. And I would have liked to have seen it more throughout the film because it appeared once before then. I just thought it was really effective and like a really sort of nice touch and different way of showing things. Mm. It was like, okay, this is great. Why has this only been used so sparingly? If you yeah, it's kind of like it's a good point. It knows its roots. Uh, I wonder if, if maybe the reason they didn't do that is because it would it could have just come across as not not lazy because obviously they still want to shoot it all. But like if they did that for every action sequence, you'd be like, okay, I I'd, I'd quite like to see that they've actually orchestrated one action sequence with like. An actual arc, a story to it, because, like, for instance, the opening sequence, the car chase bit, thought was unbelievable. Like, and I was, I was so glad that we got to watch the whole thing, because, like, I thought, oh, it's cool. And, but, but, admittedly, if there'd been, if every single action sequence had been that long, would have gotten boring. And also, like, I doubt we'd be able to choreograph and all that cleverly. So, I actually think it was, an, I thought, like, I got the mix quite nicely down. I'm glad it wasn't all like those cutscenes. Beth? Mm. And I think as well, like what Harry was saying before about 
picking the long action scenes based on what the film was about, which was the relationship between Sola and Ilya. Like you have that long car chase because that's when they first meet and you see their opposing personalities. And so I guess like when they storm the island, it's less about that. So it makes more sense to keep it short and sweet. Yeah, that's a fair point. And you know, the only thing you really see almost in that entire raid is Solo knocking out the guy, spotting the watch, and then you know that's because that's a character, yeah. as you say. Like that's gonna that's a moment that's gonna carry on the relationship in thirty minutes time. Whereas someone, you know, these as you say, these guys running around and killing everyone in the built in the on the island. What's that really relevant to? You know, mm. especially when we know a little bit kind of that they're behind the, the the eight ball. They're not. They're a little bit late. So if we if we spend fifteen minutes of watching them storm this place, and then they're like, "Oh, they're gone," and we're like, "Well, we knew they were gone because we saw them leave." So that, you know, that's maybe another reason why it's so quick and short because it would be a waste of time for us to have it that long. I guess keeping the film down to a decent length as well. I one thing I quite was impressed in terms of an action film is we get maybe what five six action set pieces that there's as a maybe not as many as that, but there's a fair few. And sometimes in some Bond films, you get one in the middle, one at the end. And I felt like we, it was kind of an action sequence quite regularly. And perhaps they kind of had to rejig in the edit, thinking, what do we actually need to see here most of the time? But um, I don't know if anyone, I we get, I can't name them now, but I feel like we get a few decent ones. And then like you get a different taste of the one when um, Ilya's on the boat and you get the whole cavil scene where he's eat, drinking the wine and eating the sandwich, which yeah. I, I thought was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought that was brilliant until I was so thrown when he just drove the lorry into the, <laughs> into the river and then didn't seem that urgent to get out of it. No. Yeah, I, I got it because it went on. Obviously, like the idea was he didn't want to be seen and he said, you know, and then he went down. But he just sat there and I was so thrown for like 90 seconds of like, why is he not trying to save his life? <laughs> ne going ne on? Ne Nevis, Nevis right. It's because you have to like, you have seal to wait till in. the door is covered with water so the pressure allows you to open it. Because otherwise, you uh, can't okay. the door open if you like unwind the window or something. So, science. Yeah. Well, thanks, Nate. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know what it takes to be a yeah. CIA agent. Yeah. If anyone drives their car into a lake, we know what to do now. I'm curious to know what you guys thought of the pacing of the movie. So, like, you've already talked a little bit about how the action sequences were, were spaced across it. Was anyone bored at any point? Like, what, what was the, the phone checking metric in this movie? Were there any scenes that people just completely switched off on? wasn't bored um, but i thought it could have been a bit more a bit faster a bit more relentless the, the sort of middle bit when they're like oh what's our actual mission i kind of just <laughs> didn't know like an hour in i was like okay so what are they actually trying to do because it was so loose <laughs> I felt. so i wouldn't yeah. say it was slow or boring it was fine but it could have been a bit faster in places i think but yeah. is it in interesting because some people think a lot of this movie is style over substance. That's exactly what I think. Mm. After I, I to be honest, after about twenty-five minutes, I just really didn't connect with this film. To be perfectly honest with you, I thought that is it Henry Henry Cap Cavill. Yes, thought, yes, it I thought is. His performance was insufferably boring. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was really, really wooden, and like lacking in any kind of charm or charisma. It would have held me through. I really appreciated the stylistic elements of this film, but 
and I, I won't give this film a bad rating because I appreciate this film is, is just not really for me. Um, but I just really didn't connect with any, with any of the characters in this film, really. I, yeah, and it, as phone checking goes, this was the worst I've been for any film on this lockdown film festival, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm sure it's a I think it's a really good I think it's a really good point. And so much of this movie um thanks on the fact that the people watching it are into the chemistry between the two leads. And if you if, if you're not into well, I thought it, I thought it was funny, man. Like I I wasn't sure about the chemistry, but I enjoyed the humour and the, the little aside. Okay. Like the, the, the comedy find, took I, it for so, me. So, the thing for me was it was like this was this was frustrating because you know i was like okay bang 20th century history this is gonna be really cool and it's gonna be a bit like james bond but neither was it interesting historically but nor for me did it have any kind of like comedic wit like a good james bond film had so it ended up just being a bit nothing for me but you know that's my opinion I get. I think I'm more basic than you, Nick. I think that's the thing. Like, like one 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 of the lines that Iliot has is, "He had soft bones," and I was like, <laughs> dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I personally but... thought it was style over substance, but that didn't bother me in the slightest because I feel like if I'm watching a film like this, especially one written by you know made by Guy Ritchie, I think it's very aware that it's style over substance. I don't think Guy Ritchie intends to make these fantastic character pieces. I think he's like. I'm going to make something that's fun and you'll yeah, enjoy yeah. watching it. And then, yeah, maybe you'll forget about it in a couple of days. Yeah, that's completely fair. I just, I I just find fair. it very difficult. I just find it personally difficult to enjoy a film whereby I just don't give a shit about any of the characters, full yeah. stop. Regardless of whether it's a comedy, whether it's like an action film, whether it's like a horror film, whatever. Like if I can't like empathise or believe any of the characters and any of the chemistry that they have, like then for me it doesn't work but yeah, i understand yeah. this Scandinavia, for, for this genre <laughs> it's a very like the, the performances are very self-aware and it's kind of a nod to the audience and you know there are these different elements at play which for yeah. me work but i i get that and that's you know that's a criticism we, we've said of quite a few movies in this film festival like if we don't feel anything about the leads then we often don't like it and i get that but for, for me Solo is supposed to be an, an, an obnoxious prick. Um, you know, Ilyich is a bit, bit of a knob as well. Like they're not particularly likable characters, um, but there was enough around it that so we fit. thought they are. I think it kind of rests on the uh, the concept that no one's likable in this film. Like, and that's kind of delicious in that, like Elizabeth Debicki swans in and is amazing at just being awful and. <laughs> no, you're not really meant to like Cavill. Scary eyes, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. But like, and like, and then and then it twists it, and Gabby's actually working for the British. And like, I feel like you're not meant to trust anyone nor like anyone, and that's why. And no, the whole not... point is like, Cavill yeah. and and Hammer don't like each other, and I quite like watching that tension the whole time, which just sets up comedy. Like when they get Cavill gets to cut the wire and he looks right and Hammer's already there cutting the wire and they have to like reluctantly work together. And, yeah, that was like, they, No one likes anyone and therefore I didn't feel like I needed to like anyone. I was just like enjoying the kind of tension of it all. Uh, even the good guys don't like each other which is, you know, even in the mission films they're a team and they like each other or Bond has these people that help him out mm. and then 
but none of them like Hugh Grant because Hugh Grant's tricked them and I kind of enjoyed that neither of them like that their bosses are making them work with the Russian or the American and that kind of, that yeah, kind of yeah. tension the whole way mixed with the kind of slapstick almost slapstick kind of comedy was enough for me to keep ticking along without being like I need to love these characters I um, think um, I thought it was boring like that's, yeah fair that's totally fair but, I yeah. think like I I really, I enjoyed it if you sit back and know that you're coming to watch a bit of like cheese and it mm. was fun. And I really liked the the performances for the most part. I think the reason why I didn't absolutely love it is because the majority of the relationship between the two main characters was on, like based on who has the biggest pair of bollocks. And that <laughs> to me, I couldn't really sympathize with that much. And so while I sat back and enjoyed it and thought that was funny, especially the wire cutting bit that you mentioned, Harry, I was like, that's, that was funny. I just, it, it wasn't something that really made me engage and laugh out loud because I was just like, who are these two absolute twats? And I think I found the relationship between Army Hammer and Alicia Vikander, who is unreal, by the way, that was more interesting to me than the between the two guys and then nothing even came to fruition and i was like what the fuck i've been waiting this whole time <laughs> I, 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 they never, <laughs> like, this this film was so clearly supposed to be like the first of like a trilogy yeah. like and the last is, yeah. scene is literally you're gonna work together from now on uncle and it's like okay right, yeah. cool. that's all set up for number two great yeah like, and i think like you happen. see that you see that as well in army hammer's character development where there are so many moments where it like zooms in on his face and it's like he's having some like internal battle and then again that never really gets explored apart from with the whole watch thing but that i think like sets it up and i there was lots that was left wanting more which again is, is great if there is a sequel but there wasn't to this so i don't know yeah, rage moments made me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> that was so the way Jeff oh, would focus on so his hand, his hand would like twitch slightly. The final yeah. one was dreadful, I, I, I'll admit that. But I quite like, I enjoyed the scene where he was really resisting, resisting beating up the guys that were mugging him because as part of his operation, he couldn't be seen as someone that could kill people. Yeah, and, that was good. And then as soon as he doesn't quite do it, uh, Solo's there to be like, you're not very good at this. So I like that kind of, yeah. those kind of character bits I thought were earned in that. Um, I don't think Hammer's trajectory tracked the whole way through, but I liked that they they had like bits on each other that they could constantly poke, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I just I thought it was an interesting trope that it can is done a lot where you've got two main characters on that don't quite like each other, but they want to work together. Um, but I quite like that even right at the end we thought they were going to kill each other. And it's not like they halfway through the film did the whole, oh, all right, you're okay. Let's work together. It's still mm. right down to the end. Um, but then that's obviously, let's make five more movies where they love each other. <laughs> yeah. You, you were saying, Max, that you found those rage moments funny. I nearly fell off the sofa when he was doing that, like the kiss move, the when he like was swinging his arm towards the guard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I, I could not work out what he was doing at all. <laughs> What what is happening right now? Yeah. And he just laid him out, and he just he's there like that. And I thought that was so ridiculously, mm -hmm. it was so ridiculous that I found it hilarious. Yeah. I think I think there are a lot of moments in this film that are ridiculous. I wouldn't say like we, you know, it's it it, it, it maybe falls along the lines of the whole style over substance thing. But this film is is extremely sort of self aware and extremely tongue in cheek, and you've got like the James Bond and the angry Russian and, mm -hmm. and it plays with tropes, but I think it's, it's so sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge that 
either you're going to come up across that all through the movie and it's going to piss you off or you just go, okay, I mean, this is just silly and I'm going to mm. let it be silly. And I think it's, I, I, I really like it, but I, I grew up watching sort of spy films and now rewatching some of the old James Bonds is a quite horrendous experience for lots of reasons. <laughs> but, um, but you know, like it's, it's sort of, it, it's just, it's for me, it's a film that just plays with a genre and doesn't set out to do anything. It doesn't set out to make any big points about, you know, life or, or art, mm. or it's literally just a bit of a silly film and it, yeah. and it sets out to have fun. And I think, it's one thing we always come up across in film covers. You sort of go, well, I didn't like it because it wasn't this kind of film. Yeah. And it's yeah. whether what makes a film good, is it is it a good film because you enjoyed it or is it a good film because it, it achieves what it's set out to achieve or is it a good film because it breaks boundaries above and beyond what it's set out to achieve? Don't know. Yeah. I think... I could, yeah. Go on, if. Thanks. Um... That was kind of my gripe with it, Jen, what you were saying about it. It's so tropey and it's so, it's trying to be a style, but I wasn't sure if it was trying to parody itself because it's so self aware. <laughs> I thought it was. And yeah, so I thought it was. Quite... And they're throwing them in left, right, and center to almost the detriment. Like when you've got all these different scenes sliding in at different angles and boxes, you can't see what the fuck's going on in any of them. So yeah. why do it? And it's just for the visual of it. Um, like I think I enjoyed it on the whole. But I also didn't care. But I also knew I was going to a Guy Ritchie film and was just like, you know what you're going to get. I think that's it. It was very predictable. And you sort of, you know what's going to happen before it's happened, but you enjoy watching it happen anyway because of silly little things like the kiss move and stuff. Um, <laughs> I feel like it, it was in no way, like, yeah, revelationary or yeah. surprising for me. But it was yeah. fine for two hours. <laughs> I, I think that's that's a really valid point. Um, and my, I watched this with my brother last night, who introduced me to a term called McGuffin. <laughs> which I'm not sure if you, you've heard of it before, but if you uh, Google McGuffin... It's... Yeah, I think it's pronounced without the C, Alex, oh, by the well, way. No, no well, I've, I've got my own pronunciation. <laughs> McGuffin. <laughs> uh, which is a noun. It is an object or device in a film or book which serves merely as a trigger for the plot. And there were so many MacGuffins. Yeah. What got me was the enriched uranium. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what, it's a film about the Cold War? Yes, the uranium. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the baddies were Nazis um, who had nuclear weapons. Nazis. It was... It's yeah. never going to be, it's not like pushing the boundaries of what bad guys are. But yeah. so many action films, you try, they're like, they're like, oh God, what can we do that's not some Eastern European that's got a nuclear weapon? Like, what else is there? So mm -hmm. I kind of appreciated this just went back to just being more just simply that. And that's cool. I and like there's some that. Italians thrown in. I like that they just called them <laughs> Nazis though. We didn't really see any evidence of it. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. Nazis. we were just told that's what they are. Go with it, they're funny. <laughs> like... And the Italians are just like kind of like sexy and charming, so we'll throw yeah. some of them in there. Yeah. And the Becky's British because that's cool as well. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> the Italians were so up for sex, weren't they? I thought, Every yeah, I, thought she, I thought she did an amazing job, actually. I, I really enjoyed her acting. 
Like, this is better than her performance in Tenet, as in the storyline. She gets a better... Sorry, that's to anyone that's not that's seen Tenet, that's a bit of a sidebar. But she does basically this in Tenet, but I think she, it's more enjoyable watching her do this mm. in this film. I just love that it's six foot two Army Hammer, six foot two Henry Cavill, and then six foot four Elizabeth Dispicki. <laughs> yeah, just like... In here as well, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Again, it's there's nice, no, no stuff that a, I it's love. It's nice seeing a female villain as well. Yeah, I like that's that. Fair. It was other touches that I, I thought were great that kind of spun on the drum a little bit, like where Solo's been drugged and he's in, like, uh, you know, Victoria's office and then she makes him very aware that he's going to be knocked out and he's like, okay, I'll just prepare a little bed for myself. So I, don't, <laughs> I, I have experienced it before and I fell over and I hurt my head, so I don't want that to happen again. So let me get the pillows, let me lie down, let me get yeah. ready. And I was like, you know, little touches like that were what kept me going in the film, I think. I'm, I'm glad that it was quite... Um balanced with male and female like very attractive like over sexy men very attractive over sexy women men than sexy women in this film and i i don't mind either but i was like yeah this is great objectification both ways <laughs> it made me really uh, progress, miss progress, progress. Yes. <laughs> And made me really miss Alicia Vikander. She's not been in anything in a while, and she is no. so good. Just the most beautiful. <laughs> Apart from that, a German gorgeous. accent. That is that she is not. That, that <laughs> she she didn't even bother. After a certain point, she didn't even bother, did she? Yeah. I love that. Like no left. one's doing their real accent. It was no. that's again. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, you Grant. Grant. You Grant. Yes, you Grant. What's the nationality of the leads, and and what accent were they doing? Cavill's English. Doing Cameron's American. doing American. Armyham is American. Doing Russian. Alicia right. Swedish, doing German. Swedish. And Elizabeth Pickney's Australian. Australian doing oh. Italian slash English. I don't yeah, think it's really Australian. clear whether she's supposed to be Italian or supposed to be English, but yeah. I thought Brown is very RP. Yeah, and the villain is always British, so she must yeah. be British. Which is another trope of these classic films, which I just thought yeah. they were like, yeah, fuck it, she's British, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Her brother is very Italian, but she yeah. <laughs> exactly. husband, isn't it? I thought it was a husband. Yeah, husband. Yeah. It just it reminds me of <laughs> she's um... just shagging cavil. That's all. <laughs> oh, I I um a couple of things I really enjoyed is is the, the the focus on like a manual technique during some of the scenes. So Rudy at one point peels a grape just before there's a flashback. And then uh, he, he's also building a tower of sugar cubes as well. But it was a really cool thing, just like camera focusing in on one very manual task while other things in the plot are happening. I enjoyed that. Nice yeah. mm. I, I agree. And what I liked about it was, it was, again, it just wasn't trying to be any clever imagery. It was just cool. Like, it, it was like, oh, he's peeling a grape. And then you find out that he's a bit of a creepy man. And you're like, oh. I could have told you that when I saw him peel that fucking grape. <laughs> you peel grapes. <laughs> I, found, I found the torture scene that my biggest phone checking moment in this movie. It felt very long and it felt like we had to engage with Rudy, who didn't really care about. And no. it's just like, he's just a bit weird. I just, it just went on a bit for me that I really switched off at that yeah. point. I kind of disagree actually I quite enjoyed his performance because it was there's so many again there's so many spy films where you're like oh this creepy evil man's gonna 
give you a monologue and then torture you. Oh my oh. god! Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a cat. Look at that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What's its name? Peanut. 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 <laughs> 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 this is my sister as well. Hello. Literally, you directed me to bring Peanut. <laughs> yes. I thought we yes. had animals, so we must share. Yes. Welcome That's to the rule. brain trust. This is Nina's ear. She's lying on the laptop. So if we if we hang up, it's just because she's falling asleep on it. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Oh no, but I was going to say I actually quite liked that performance from him because he was just quite nice and mild mannered as opposed to like oh I'm frothing at the mouth I love torture I'm so sadistic rah, rah, rah. with like it could have very easily been really a bit too hammy for me I just quite I, re- I really hated that the switch didn't work I thought that was so dumb yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then you earn it when it's on the fritz because it kills him that, I thought that was very funny when they're talking I did about like yeah they're searching like, obvious should we not and he's just frying behind them yeah. I <laughs> I, when the film veered into like a comedy film, I thought it did it really well. I laughed quite a lot, but maybe I'm just very silly. But... No, I, I, I watched this when I was in a silly mood. And when, <laughs> when uh, Hugh Grant says, for a special agent, you're not having a very special... <laughs> yeah, that was, very great. Great. that was really I thought that scene in the helicopter with Hugh Grant, where they're, they're figuring out the plan, was very good. Talking about, we talked about some dialogue scenes were slow. I thought that was quite good when he was revealing things to them. And once he, he was like a little bolt of energy into the story. I agree. Yeah. Hugh, Hugh Grant was excellent and really mm. kept it going. I agree, Harry. He's mm. he's Hugh Grant elements of the film for me. Not yeah, as good yeah. as he is in Paddington 2, but oh. still still a great performance. <laughs> no performance in history will ever be comparable to Hugh Grant. <laughs> 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 all time. Um, Ollie and Charlotte, what, what do you guys make of it all? Um, I made of it what I make of most spy films, which but I thought it was funnier than most spy films. So I'm rubbish with spy films in general. I just kind of like... I get a bit lost halfway through, and my, I just don't have the, the attention span. <laughs> stick with this. I just, like, yeah. Uh, but like, I, I, there was lots of like bits in this where I was like, oh, that's quite enjoyable. Uh, but like, <laughs> so I often zone out like spy films. Um, this kept me interesting because there was a lot of like nice little bits. I liked all like the con kind of bits. That was the most interesting bit for me. Some very daft and funny jokes. I really liked the car chase. Um, other than that, it kind of, yeah, it just, it was like I am with most spy films where it's like it happened, spy things happened and they got to a resolution, What? but I wasn't quite paying attention enough to, to know what that was. <laughs> 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 I had an okay time. It was fun. You found a nice one, didn't you? Yeah, I did not have fun. Oh, oh no. Mm. No. I just, I scrolled through my phone a lot. Didn't enjoy the sexy men, and I think that might have been because what? What's the phrase? Why go out for burgers when you have steak at home? <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! Very cute. Yeah. Christ Almighty! No? Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. We had an alright time. You just you went into the spies. Me watch it. No, just zone out. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay, yeah. I really enjoyed the music. Good, good, um, good music. Oh yeah, and and the rest, the the, uh, the Daniel Pemberton 
who is troping loads of stuff and and, and the the music serves a role at every point in this movie like for those comedy scenes they're like cuban silly music that's going on where where Ilya is is uh, beating up those kids in the toilet on, on the, the race day is hilarious um the the kind of French music when Cavill's in in the the van while the the uh, uh, the boat race is going on, and then the absolute banger um, when the when he uh, when he takes the the cover off the four by four, and you get the drums, and then it kicks into the main riff. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, as he's uh, driving over the lake, mm. it's just like it's just it's slick. It, it's perfectly suited for the kind of like nonsense movie this is. It it, it all the music at all points either heightens the comedy or is like fun in the action stuff. I just just thought it was really well done and hard to do as a as a composer actually for a modern film that's not pulling stuff from other artists' soundtracks. Like mm. he's actually coming up with this stuff in his own own style to be like, here's a cool riff to go over a car chase. Just enjoyed it. Just just thought it did really well. Yeah, that was one of the best bits, definitely. Mm. I've also just remembered a scene which really, really made me laugh, which was early on when they were in the cafe. And then, like, the people they were talking to were like, right, we're going now. And the, the whole cafe gets unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of just, like, little silly moments, I think, throughout. Well, like, like when they start, when they have the fight in the toilets and Jared Harris is still just there, just like, oh, for God's sake. Like, he's still just having a piss. Having a piss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 that w- I would have loved to have seen more of Jared Harris. Oh, well, he was yeah. so wonderful in that role. Um, it was a similar thing that I had with Hugh Grant, where I was panicking that Hugh Grant wasn't going to come back. Yeah. I was like, Hugh Grant's got to be in this for more than just like Henry Cavill bumping into him and walking <laughs> away. So when, you know, so the, yeah, but I was hoping that Jared Harris would be in it kind of a bit more periodically or episodically than he was. But, but yeah. Um, anyone like Archer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a, a few comments I've seen on the internet that that says this is a bit like a live action archer. It's very comic booky. The accent's mm. the same and stuff. Oh, cool. I've always meant to watch that, but that's actually funny because the uh, the point I was just about to bring up kind of ties in with the archer thing because not that I've seen the original series of Man from Uncle, but um, like I thought because there's mention of that Solo's got like a history of like alcoholism and drug abuse, right? And I thought they were going to play on that vice at some point in the film when they don't really. But obviously in Archer, that is, that's a huge trope of his, isn't it? He's, he's drunk in like every episode. Seeing as Army Harry's character had such a character flaw with his anger, surprising that Solo didn't get, like Solo was just kind of unabashed and just like cash, wasn't he? Like you'd think with one of these normal leads, they've got something bothering them. But I, I quite, I, I quite enjoyed how um, un Baffleable, he was. That's not a word. Western um, defender. Oh, have no flaws. Russian men, lots of flaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose though, that's wasn't simple. his wasn't wasn't his thing though that he was under the thumb of the CIA, and that's why. Like he, really he wasn't back, actually yeah. doing any of the stuff he was doing for real. Yeah, it wasn't free will, was it? It was he was yeah. because of his crimes. He was forced to do it. But again, yeah. like that whole dispute in the cafe showed that he didn't care when he had that little word fight with Army Hammer. Word uh, fight? That little word <laughs> fight. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we that is, is, word, is word fight another phrase for argument? What, what, are, we calling, <laughs> what are we calling it? What's a word fight? Or rap battle. 
Um, but yeah, or maybe they're saving it for they were saving it for the second one. Yeah. Yeah, because he still is thieving, isn't he? Which they know about, but that could trip him up. Maybe that's his flaw: is that he like that gets in the way of a mission far yeah. more than it did in this one. Um, but again, for the sequel. Mm. Yeah. I am. Um, I think. I mean, it has, but I think. It's, as much as there was of that, we're making more. For me personally, it stood alone. Like I would watch this again on its own. As in, I thought it was there was enough of a resolution at the end of the film that I was like, I, I'm I happily don't need to see a sequel as well. I don't know if anyone shares that. But it's not like, yeah. Oh, why did I watch that? Because no, like, I na- need the, a sequel. The, the, the narrative, as 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 Holly and MacGuffin, 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 as it is. Yeah. You know, it it, it is all quite neatly tied up by the end yeah i guess they have to do that because they there is the possibility that they're not going to make a sequel which they didn't so yeah um, but <laughs> it was a good balance it wasn't constantly like some franchise films are literally just an advert for the next one and mm-hmm. um this felt like at least this is just you know we can imagine what could happen which we will have to know does anyone know um how if this was like an original script like completely and not based on a story from the series from the 60s or like, I think it was based on something they touch on in the show. In that it's like because the show starts with them already being together and like just oh, solving. In, oh, as Uncle already. So this is like a prequel the to the series. <laughs> the origin so. story. Yeah. I think it really. Yeah, I think it is. Uncle um, begins. <laughs> Christ. Um, I, I enjoyed the, a couple of false endings for me in, in this movie. I was expecting after the um, the, the the car chase where he has his great escape moment. Um, mm. I thought Arnie Hammer looked a lot like Steve McQueen for a bit. I thought, oh, great, oh, end of the yeah, movie. <laughs> My dad said exactly the same thing. He went, Steve McQueen! And I was like, no, no, it's Arnie Hammer. He went, but he looks like Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. And, the, um, and then they have, I thought, okay, movie's over. Then they have the, the next bit, which is the, uh, they're on the aircraft carrier. And I was like, oh, mm. cool, movie's over. Then they have the next bit, which is um, Iliac having a freak out in his room, think he's going to have to, to like kill Henry Cavill, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, I quite. I'm just really keen for the film to end. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I quite like the um uh, the not quietness because they get blown up with a bomb, but that that kind of ending where you, in an action film when you think it's going to be a massive ending and the actually ending is just someone on the phone with someone else and then they get blown up. I thought I appreciated that they full rounded it with like a character moment kind of thing. And again, I think it plays into what Neve said. They definitely were self-parodying because they did that flashback thing where it was like they're flashing back to five seconds ago. Yeah. And I thought that was a really funny thing to finish the film yeah. with being like, we're fully aware of what we've been doing with these silly flashback things because we're going to do it and take the piss out of what we've just done. And although I don't know if it worked for everyone else, but I was like, okay, that's quite amusing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought the fla- I thought, because I kind of found the flashback bits one of the few things that annoyed me about the film the whole way through mm. but actually that last flash are you talking about when Hugh Grant goes yes please proceed yeah yeah like something yeah. you've seen five seconds ago I thought that was just genius. the other side of the room yeah, that was the only time when you actually needed the flashback to explain what happened because all the other flashbacks you didn't need them because you knew like all the times that Henry Cavill like bumped into someone and you knew he'd pickpocketed them you didn't need the flashback to explain that but that last flashback at least for me I needed that to explore. I didn't realise that they'd fire. Well, yeah. Outside, they'd but... set it up and then just to do yeah. the flashback. But for me, that was like, we know exactly what we've been doing for two hours. And here's one just as like a gag at the end. Like, 
we're in the same yeah. room and we're flashing back to what's just happened in the same room five <laughs> seconds ago. Which I just thought was an interesting like piece of writing to like round off an action film that you think will probably end with a huge like set piece, but it's actually just this like gag effectively. Mm. And then the boat gets blown up. <laughs> I didn't like the fact that when they were after they'd broken in and they were escaping, Army Hammer takes off his hat, throws it to the floor, and then jumps out the window. It's like why? <laughs> with you. That's a nice hat. They're now gonna find the hat and trace you. What are you doing? <laughs> It's the <laughs> 60s, Max. It's the 60s. <laughs> I enjoyed, there are a couple of moments where Army Hammer jumps out of a window expecting to dive into some water and he lands on the thing and then two seconds later, <laughs> every gavel does the same thing. Yeah. It's rare that you see spies being like clumsy and stupid when he, they're super cool and suave for most of the film. So a little moment like that, you're like... Oh, they're not there. Like, yeah, I think a lot of these, they were just like slightly stupid, egotistical men. <laughs> just charging around thinking they're cool and actually a bit of a knob but there was quite a yeah because quite a lot of it the stuff that they did was actually pretty bad spy work yeah like, they, exactly. they, the whole thing the they're trying to find like in that state like they that whole they fuck that so bad <laughs> in so many different ways the, the alarm scene really tickled me when he's just like, oh yes, this is the T, you know, Nimbus 2000, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and then he just opens the door and the alarm goes off. And also when they argue about uh, fashion, it's like, well, you know, that, that Jean Patou doesn't go with the pack around <laughs> It doesn't it, have to. It doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. I guess it spins well in that um, Gabby's been playing them on the whole time. So it like, again, undermines them as a couple of like self-obsessed or at least obsessed with each other idiots that she's actually been in control the whole time, which I thought yeah, was a 100%. nice rug pull that added to them being a couple of big doofuses, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point yeah. <laughs> energy mm. right done Very completed good. it completed it mate <laughs> completed it um, does anyone else have anything else I thought the costuming was great loved that yes oh my god so many so yeah. many outfits I wanted did to anyone see. else think that Army Hammer's first costume was just a Guy Ritchie London boy for a long time until <laughs> I looked up and thought that that's what the actual costume was in the 60s I was like why does this Russian guy look like you know he should be in the gentleman not in this film and I was like oh right no that, that makes sense Guy Ritchie film yeah <laughs> the first that first car chase is great and they used them um, I read in the the uh, trivia for it all original cars as well. Oh, nice. shit. Like all actual 60s cars. Oh, like, cool. I thought that was a good car chase because you get the little quiet moment where Alicia Vikander pulls into the space amazingly and then like a little bit more <laughs> trickery of just like, and then the whole, I mean, when the car goes through the narrow narrow uh, alleyway and he says, turn left out of the window, you know what kind of film you're watching. <laughs> I yeah. know, like, early doors, you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, Oh. Yeah, I think a lot of I think what I think credit does have to be given for that scene, and also the the chase on the the four by four and and the bike at the end. Like, I thought they I don't know about everyone else, but I I thought they were actually really well done. Like, like genuinely worth. Like, I I thought they were quite original looking scenes. Yeah, I know we said a lot of it is playing on tropes this whole film, uh, but I, I I thought those bits were like yeah, I was genuinely very. <laughs> 
the camera work on the um, 4x4 chase I thought was bonkers, but I kind of enjoyed it. I was like, I haven't really seen something like this before with like this kind of like map zoom and then like extreme close-ups. And it was just like, I thought, oh, okay, he's just trying something here. And I, I think it worked. But, um, appreciate the effort. Yeah, I think there were points for me where I agree, Harry, but that that's kind of what I touched on quite a while ago, this idea of like, there were some choices that were made that I was like, is this your choice or is this the choice that was made in the 60s and you're trying to replicate it and pay sure. homage? And so like with a lot of the action stuff, that's when I was like, ah, okay. So like it felt off, but I didn't know whether it was supposed to feel off or whether it wasn't supposed to feel off. And so that kind of bothered me a tiny bit in that scene. Like the fact yeah, that it was, yeah, the yeah. way that it constantly changed its camera work. And I was like, oh, okay, so is this because that's how you, they did it in the 60s or not? I didn't really know. Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't really think about that but uh, I, yeah I, I agree uh, I just found it kind of like dynamic like showing how far away everyone was in like a much more interesting way than just cutting from one place to tubber something but yeah I agree and it was it, it was nice to see a car chase that isn't just like an Aston Martin being flogged like followed <laughs> by another very fast car it was like oh, <laughs> yeah. Henry Cavill's got low gear ratio look at <laughs> the <people loading. laughs> It's just you know, something a bit different. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But I just think there's there's a lot of shit action movies out there that people watch and make a, a, a load of money. Mm. Um, I thought this this did a lot more for me than an average uh, action or spy movie does. And I'm still surprised that it, it's not that many people have watched it and it's it's not done very well. And I, I presume the fact it's not had another movie made is because it, it lost cash. When they when they made it, um, yeah. which just surprises me. Like, yeah. Well, I think there was there is there was talks about making another one, but that was still a few years ago. So it's a shame. It's a shame because I think, well, to some people it probably isn't a shame. Some people are like, no, I'm fine with one, thanks. Um, <laughs> but I think I agree, Alex. I think you know I enjoyed this film significantly more than I have done a, like two of the last four Bond films. Um, and that's not a high bar, but that's you know, <laughs> you know, to do do something different it was quite enjoyable. And yeah, I think it, it, this falls slightly into like I think you said, Alex, about you know moments where it was spy comedy. It was enough spy comedy and enough like spy action to work for me. You know, it didn't lead. It didn't. If if it had gone too far one side or the other, then I think it would have really fallen flat on its face. Yeah, I agree. It, it 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 strikes a perilous balance, and I, I actually really I can see exactly where Nick and Ollie and, and Charlotte are coming from um, on this movie. And that, that if it loses you early on, then you're done. Like there's not that much. Like apart from a few quick like quips and stuff, um, there's there's not that much in it for you. And I, I totally get that. I think you're also it's one of those films where you've got to be in the right frame of mind for it. Like yeah. I watched this with my my brother. I was feeling quite silly. Like I wanted to watch some nonsense on the telly and this just ticked a load of boxes for me. Yeah, I watched it half cut with my mum and we just <laughs> had a great time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. I, I, you know. I, I, just, I didn't think this was a bad film by any stretch. Um, I just thought uh, it, it, it wasn't for me. And I did... Um, it did lose my attention in the meat of the film, but that's more to do with the, the genre than the craft, if that makes sense. Yeah, t- total sense. I'm, um, I'm 
really disappointed that Ben Holland's isn't on the call because I feel like he would have absolutely loved this. Um, I mean, she, I mean she probably did. Yeah, I feel like not... he'd have very wise words for us. I'm well. not sure. I, I think he'll go one of two ways. I, I think either he'll hate it or he'll, he'll be like, yeah, this is... I feel like he'd like it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's quite hard to predict with Ben. We're all trying very hard. Like, <laughs> he says nothing and then he'll say one thing and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we already um, know from the last Laura liked it a lot. Army Hammer, so. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> The army hammer love from this group is pretty high, considering. Considering. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, glad Laura, I'm glad Lara finally got her eroticism from film club. <laughs> <laughs> she now knows what to type into Amazon Prime. She wants an erotic thriller. Like, oh. <laughs> Someone needs to let her know about Call Me By Your Name because she might be interested in that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Network two army hammers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but how in that box that film could not be less erotic if it tried. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Army Hammer twice. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, lovely, lovely. Namaste, done it. Score them up. <laughs> Namaste. Um, brilliant. Shall we do our scores? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anna, Anna was a six. She's not feeling very well, so that's why she's not on the call. Um, and Lara's a seven. Don't know about Ben, so we'll have to wait and see. But I'm trying to know which way around I went last time. But right, so I went that way. So, uh, Ollie. <laughs> six. If you were a six and you really didn't like it, I might have to change my race. I didn't really <laughs> like it. I just like... There was some good bits in it, um, but I just I, it, it, my interest kind of fell off in different bits as well. But like there was bits of it that I did enjoy. I was hovering five and a six, but let's go for a six. Uh, Nicholas, six. Neve, six also. Uh, Max, six. Trends forming here. Lydia? Seven. Seven. <laughs> Pavlov? Eight. Eight. Harry? Eight. This um this film made me really want to go back to a cinema. I wanted to say that. Like this is the kind of film that I really yeah, make really that cinemas watch. aren't open. Yeah. It's like a popcorn. Watch it one night, you forgot you'd seen it the next week, kind of film. And I just think, <laughs> yeah, you know, it made me long for cinema. So, yeah, eight. I had a lot of fun. That's a nice point. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, Jen? Uh, an eight from me. Charlotte? A four. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And Alex? Uh, eight. The Man from Uncle can currently be streamed in the UK on Netflix. Thank you to Anchor for helping us make this podcast and to Alex Conway for composing our theme music. Thanks for listening and we'll be back again soon with another episode. Goodbye. <laughs>